Hey everyone, welcome to the podcast. We ended up doing a part two on Dear Future Spouse. So this is it right here. Um, Ryan and I are tag teaming this one and we're excited. Um, we, we love talking about this subject. So many people, um, you know, it's one of the number one questions that we get is, um, you know, how do you know if this person, this, how do I know when I'm going to meet this person that's my future spouse or if I'm with somebody, how do I know that they are the one that God has for me? So if you want to know the answers to that, go ahead and go back and listen to Dear Future Spouse, um, the first part. Um, But this one today, we're going to talk about enjoying your life right now if you are a single person. Um, Yeah, just just how to, how to, what you should be doing right now. Yeah, I think it's important to look ahead because a lot of times the, the, the worries come from not knowing what the future is going to look like. But if we look ahead and say, and I was to tell you, hey, in 10 years, you're going to be happily married. You're fulfilling the call of God for your life. You're, uh, you're, you're on the right path. All you have to then do is take the action steps to get there. So, okay, 10 years from now, if that's where I want to be. I want to be married. I want to have kids. Your number one aim in life, first of all, shouldn't be to be married. It should be to fulfill the call of God for your life. Absolutely. Um, but when you aim for that, you can then say, what do I need to do to get from here to there? I need to press in. I need to read the word. I need to be honestly, I need to be honest with myself and just be a better worker. I need to be a better employee. I need to be more faithful. And then you can take the pressure off. That's what That was always my key in, in being successful in sales was figure out what it would take to get from here to my goal and then work out the plan and just do the plan and then enjoy the time doing it. You know, it's, uh, it's, it's pointless. Not that everything, I mean, I, I hate that doctrine of like, there's a thing where people don't, they aren't on fire for the Lord and compromise comes to their life. And they're like, the Lord just wants us to enjoy our life. You know, we don't go to church on Sunday because we go out on a boat. Like that's a hurtful doctrine. But when you're serving the Lord, God wants you to have joy at all times. That's why he says, rejoice in the Lord always. He says, be anxious for nothing. Anxiety-free, joyful living is a promise to the child, the wholehearted child of God. And so you looking forward, if you say, hey, like the last time we talked about it, hey, there's some changes I need to make to be the husband or the wife that God's called me to be. Start making them now. Don't wait till you're married. Seek peace. Seek excellence. Be, be an excellent person around the house. Be an excellent person in your job. And then that way you'll, you'll attract other excellent people. You, people like, oh, I want this amazing husband or I want this amazing wife. And then they're less than that. You're not going to qualify to get that. So um, before you decide it's time to get a wife, be, be excellent. You know, fives attract fives. Fives don't get tens usually. So if you can upgrade yourself, most of it's up to you, you know, going out there and working hard and being a better person. Um, but yeah, enjoy it while you're at it. Yeah. If you find it hard to make friends and you find it hard, you feel like, People, I feel like people just don't enjoy being around me. I don't understand why. Well, most likely it's that you're not showing yourself friendly. You know, happy people attract other happy people. So if you seem like you're this person and you're just distraught about how life has turned out for you because you're not married yet, but you're only 21 years old and you're not married yet you know, for whatever reason you feel that you're so old and you should be married already. Um, you, you, uh, you're not going to attract somebody towards you with that kind of attitude where you're like, 
you know, you're not enjoying life. You walk around with the weight of the world on your shoulders and everybody always says to you, Hey, you, you can smile, you know, you know, you should just, you know, everything. Okay. Like you're doing okay. If you exude unhappiness and you exude, um, you know, this like sad heaviness, um, you, you're not going to attract number one, you're not going to attract friends, but then you're not going to attract the right relationship. You may attract a relationship, but it's not going to be the right relationship because if somebody is interested in you when you don't have yourself all together, uh, most likely they are not the right one for you because they're going to, they, you know, they could be the decoy. They could take you out of the call of God for your life. So um, you getting to a good place within yourself, enjoying your life, like not what he was saying, you know, not enjoying your life where that's your doctrine and you're like, I don't do anything unless it feels good. And I just, you know, I don't go to church unless I feel like it. Yeah, that's not in the kind of enjoying your life that we're talking about. We're talking about, and I've seen a lot of young ladies and I've seen a lot of young men that they do very well at this. You know, they're going after the things of God when relationship, potential relationships come their way and then they know that it's not of God, they are quick to say, no, thank you and push it away. And I, and, but those type of people, they're always the happiest people you meet. And they're always very confident and very, um, satisfied in themselves because they're not looking for that relationship to, to fulfill them. They're, they're actually the relationship that they have with God is already fulfilling them. And so anything that comes along that's less than is unattractive to them because they're really fulfilled in the relationship that they have with God. So if you find yourself that you're upset all the time because you haven't found that spouse yet um, and you feel very lonely and you feel um, like you compare yourself to other people that are married and, and you and you think that you're less than, probably what it is is that you're missing that intimate relationship with God that would actually fulfill you and then you wouldn't have you wouldn't feel like I'm, I'm a bunch of missing pieces that you know haven't been put together yet. Yeah. And so enjoy the time that you have. God graces you for all of it. If God's called you to be married, if you have a desire to be married, God graces you for it. So enjoy the journey getting there. The next thing I want to talk about is just practically in dating, some things you can do. I talk about purity in dating, but one of the biggest keys in the dating time, the, the Lord will place a stamp of blessing on your life when you when you date the way that you should. For too many people there, they're light, they're too lax about dating. And so they almost think like, well, I don't plan on messing up. I don't plan on making any sexual mistakes while I'm dating, but they don't plan to not make those mistakes either. If someone goes into, in the climate that we're in now, if someone goes into a relationship, the likelihood of them staying pure in that relationship, even as Christians is actually not even, um, above 50%, like the, it's, it's actually pretty low just because of the pressures that are, that are placed on and because of the attraction, that's how it's meant to work. So you actually have to be intentional about being pure in the relationship. So for every guy, every woman too, but every guy, um, write down before you enter the relationship, write down the boundaries that you're going to have and let it be something that you talk about. If you decide to, if you meet someone and you enter into a relationship, you should have your boundaries ready to go. You shouldn't be figuring this stuff out on the fly by trial and error. Okay, well, we definitely went too far last night. Our conscience is bugging us. So let's make some changes. Like this stuff should be planned out in advance. What you do, what you're not going to do. And and ask yourself, if this was Jesus, who is, I know this may sound sacrilegious, but who is Jesus the bachelor? I actually did this before I dated Krista. Who is Jesus the bachelor? How does he 
handle a relationship, right? What is the standard of Christianity? Not of 2019 Christianity, but what is the standard of this? I actually have this, I was going through an old notebook and I saw that Jesus, the bachelor. And I'm like, if someone sees this, they're going to, you are never allowed to preach ever again. That's sacrilegious. But, um, but it was the idea of like, if, if the son of God was going to date, what would it look like? You know, what, what would be the boundaries of that relationship be? And then also I would just encourage you, and I say this often to young people, but um, if you're a guy and you're a single guy, or if you're in a dating relationship, for sure. But if you're a single guy, you shouldn't have girls that you're texting all the time, girls that you're hanging out with one-on-one. If you hang out as a group, it's fine, but there shouldn't be a development of a relationship. People say, oh, I can just be friends, but it was actually never really meant to be that way. God intended it that we would have uh, the male relationships to iron sharpening iron. Uh, you could have your siblings if it's the, the opposite sex, but there shouldn't be people your age that are like, these are your best friends um, that you're hanging out with one-on-one all the time because it's always inevitably going to lead to attraction on one side, maybe not on both sides. Maybe I say that and you think of your best friend who's the opposite sex and you're like, no way. They're, they're at some point going to catch feelings. So um, eliminate that from your life and, and let it be something. Because if you think, if you were married tomorrow, how many people would you have to uh, explain to your spouse? Oh, yeah. You know, there's these couple girls that I text from Bible school or from high school. There's people who message me on Facebook. There's people I'm Snapchatting with. Like, how many things are you going to have to stop doing? And stop doing those things now. You're not going to marry any of those people. And if you are, the fact that you're communicating like that with them, they have to understand, I'm not the only one that he's communicating with on a friend friendship basis. You're making yourself unattractive to your future spouse. If, if Krista came into our relationship and she had all these guy friends that she was like, oh yeah, we go out on Tuesday nights sometimes and we just go to Buffalo Wild Wings and it's just this thing that this guy and I do. I'm like, you've got to be kidding me. This is, this is not happening. The fact that this, that's disappointing. It wasn't the case, obviously, but that would have been a disappointment. So, so eliminate those things. Eliminate those things from your life. And, and, and you're going to find that if you do dating the right way, man, marriage is so blessed. When you honor the Lord and you can stand on your wedding day and, and stand and give vows, you know, your vows are to God, your vows are to each other. And then your vows are to the people that you stand in front of. But when you do that and you can say, man, we honored God in our dating relationship, that's such a blessed place to be. That's such a, there's so much blessing that comes from that where you're able to step back and say, we did this the way God wanted us to. Yeah. And there's nothing, you know, when, when, uh, when we were dating, um, Ryan said, you know, there's something that somebody told him and they said, don't steal from marriage in dating. Um, and basically meaning like, don't go too far physically in dating, uh, you know, trying to steal from marriage. Because the thing is, is you can't get that back and that is going to cause distrust in your marriage. You know, if, if I couldn't trust Ryan with my body before we were married, how am I supposed to trust him uh, in in the marriage with somebody else's body, if he couldn't be trusted with mine, and honestly, that is that is adultery. You know, if he was to, you know, if if you're having sex with somebody that you're not married to, even if you're not you're not married, that's still adultery because you're having sex with somebody else's wife, whether they're married to that person yet or not. And so you, um, you know, you you need to look at it that way. You need to say, you know, this person is my future spouse; they're not my spouse yet, and so I'm going to treat them as if they were my sister or my brother right now, because that's what, that's what they are to me. They are not, um, you know, we are not married yet. We do not have a marriage covenant yet. And so, yeah, it was such a cool thing for us because we did get to stand before, um, God, before our family, before our friends on our wedding day. 
completely pure and, and not, uh, you know, we didn't, we didn't mess around and then have to repent and then say, okay, God, you know, forgive us. Now, of course, if that had happened, would God forgive us? Yes. But it would have been, a, it would have been something we would have had to work through in marriage. And I don't know how many times we've said to each other in, you know, we've only been married just over two years, but I'm so glad. I'm so glad we didn't do anything before we were married. I'm so glad we were, we were strict. And um, if we would go back, we would be even more strict. And this is not a message to somebody to, to beat you up. If this was your story, I'm not trying to do that, but I do want to say God can absolutely bring healing to you. If that, if you had a past of physical mistakes, God wants to bring healing to you. It needs to be something, you know, uh, something that our pastor has said is, you know, the way you know that that God's healed you and set you free is that you can remember that something happened, but it doesn't feel like it happened to you. And so when you get to that place with those things that happened, maybe that you made some mistakes in the past that it feels like, man, it's like a, a story that I heard a long time ago. And, and if it's like, I know that it happened, but I don't even feel like it happened to me. That's how, you know, you're free. And so, um, I, I encourage you, you know, if, if, if you're in a marriage and, and you still have problems or, or you, you feel like there's distrust because things went on before you were married, um, you know, bring that to God and deal with that now because the end game, you know, the devil comes to steal, kill and destroy. And he would love nothing more than to destroy your life by destroying your marriage, by bringing in, um, you know, distrust and bringing in, um, you know, anything that, that would tear you apart. Um, you know, because once you're married and, and now, now that you're in that marriage confident, it is the will of God for your life. And you're to do everything that you can do, um, in the, in the natural, in the physical and anything that you can do to keep that marriage together. Pray for your spouse, whether you're married or not. Pray for your spouse because that is, um, you know, that's something that is going to number one uh, bring you to the spouse, and, and then it's going to strengthen your marriage. You know, we need to be praying for that person that you're going to be with, praying for that person that you are married to now. Yeah, and you you have to plan to uh, to be excellent. Excellence doesn't just happen. You have to plan for it. So in the area of the of your life where you say, "Hey, I have room to grow." sit down and take a piece of paper and say, how do I grow in this area? What am I doing? There's been times where I say, man, I want my, I want to be better at communication. And so I started buying books on, on better communication. You have to be, um, uh, whether it's buying books on dating, there's a couple that I recommend. There's You and Me Forever by Francis Chan, which I really liked. But things, if you're dating to get prepared, you're actually, when that happens, when you do that, when you uh, take time and read books on marriage, and not just worldly books, but good books on marriage, there's The Mystery of Marriage by Mike Mason. There's uh, one by Tim Keller, The Meaning of Marriage, which is good. Francis Chan one is my favorite. But when you do that, you're actually sowing into your relationship and you learn things that you wouldn't have learned otherwise. So even just listening to this podcast is you, is you saying, I care about my future marriage, but that's something that you don't do just once. There's, that's something that as you read the Bible, the Lord will point things out to you about marriage, things where you can improve as you pray. Lord, is there any area of my life? How do I become a, a husband after the stature of Jesus, after the stature of Christ? And, and begin to set those things in motion. We want to see you guys improve, get better, be strong people, strong Christians, people who can aim for the kingdom of God and take other people with them. Um, and if you didn't notice, in the middle of the podcast... Krista said the word endgame. So if you've seen the movie, the new Avengers movie, and you loved it, let us know how it was. You guys are awesome. <laughs> Do you have anything else to say? I don't even remember saying endgame. You game. said the end game of that is, you were talking about oh. what the devil wants to do, but you said endgame. Okay. It comes out tomorrow. I'm so excited. I'm excited too. Well, thank you so much for listening. Uh, go ahead and subscribe. Share this on your Instagram story. Thank you guys so much. We love you.